what's on my mind? There seems to be a big conversation going on about baby mama culture and who's participating in it. And, you know, I heard, I see uh, like different people talking about Kiki Palmer having a, a baby out of wedlock and uh, you know, people talked about uh, Sierra years ago when she had a baby with Future, knowing that he was having kids with all these other people. And, you know, people want to bring up stats from the 60s and the 50s and the 40s saying, I believe it was 70-something percent of black people who had children back in those days uh, were, they, they were married when they had children. And, you know, people are just, uh, they, they, they're pushing a lot of these narratives you know, out, out there, they're saying like, you know, the modern women, uh, they're just too loose and, and, and they, you know, just these modern men, they don't want to take care of their children, things of that nature, you know. And uh, and to a certain extent, I agree. You know, I, I think that uh, children were meant to be raised in a two-parent household, period. You know, husband, wife, father, mother, Children were meant to be raised that way. Now, I'm not going to, you know, get into the same-sex marriage thing and the same-sex couples bringing up children. That's a modern thing that I'm not going to touch. And you know what? If two uh, males want to raise a child and two females want to raise a child and and, and, uh, they want to adopt, hey, you know what? I'm all for it. Do your thing. But this is just what I'm talking about, uh, about uh, men and women because in the 40s and 50s, all of that was illegal. All of that didn't come into play. So I'm just kind of comparing those days to these days when it comes to father and mother rearing children. So I just wanted to put that out there that I'm not trying to bash uh, those laws or those uh, situations. I'm not trying to bash that at all. But people keep talking about how children are being raised in and when they say single parent, they usually mean single mother, single mother households and how we, we have come to that. And, uh, the, you know, it's it's it varies on some people blame the men saying, well, why are you knocking up all these women? And, you know, even if you're rich, you know, I, I came I, I actually say, look, checks don't raise children. You know, you can send checks all day and you can give them financially anything, they, anything that you want. But, you know, sometimes they're going to need you to be there and not just, you know, your check or your direct deposit. But something I wanted to look into was this. When people say that in the 40s, 50s and 60s, well, hey, you know what? 70 something percent or or whatever the percentage was, it was a higher percent percentage of black people getting married before they had children and, and they had rougher times, you know, because of segregation and, uh, you know, they had discrimination and, you know, just just how, you know, uh, things were back then for black people. But when you say that, you're only telling part of the story. And I was reading an article uh, recently and it said that one thing, one huge thing that wasn't taken into consideration was shotgun weddings. And, you know, they were way less prevalent uh, after, I would say, 1970. 
you know, before 1970, I'm just going to start from 69 back. You got a girl pregnant. You married her. That's just the way it was. And it wasn't like, you know, his parents said, well, why he got to marry her? Like they'll say today, why he got to marry her? You know, uh, she was the one that did this or, you know, telling the daughter, hey, you know what? Getting on the daughter sometimes saying, well, well you got mar- you got pregnant by that guy. Oh, no, no, no. You ain't got to marry him. You ain't got to marry him. He a bum anyway. And this, no, there was none of that. It was John got your got Sally pregnant or whatever the names were. John's going to marry Sally. His parents said so. Her parents said so. How the marriage is going to be wasn't their concern. But you guys have got together. You guys did married things. Now you're going to be in a marriage uh, in, in a marital situation. Period. And that's how this child is going to be raised. You happy? Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be happy with her. That doesn't factor into, into the equation. <laughs> no. You're getting married. That's it. You know. Get your little guest list together. We're gonna have a little marriage in the, we're gonna have a little wedding in the backyard. You know, y'all can stay with us for a certain period of time till you get your own. That's it. So I don't I don't think we should romanticize those days and make it look like, hey, they met in high school, they fell in love, he got he graduated, she graduated, then they decided to get married. She got a uh, he got a job at the mill. She stayed home. She got pregnant, and then they lived happily ever after. No, that's not the way it was a lot of times. So was it like that sometimes? Of course. But a lot of times it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't that cut and dry, and it wasn't that you know all uh, rainbows and gumdrops. So when we talk about those days and talk about oh yes, yeah, seventy something percent of, of, of black people that that that, that were born they were born into wedlock. That, that factored into it. Same thing with white people. And people don't talk about the rise in unwed mothers in the white community and other communities. This has been, this has been on the rise since the early 70s of unwed mothers. Now, there is a higher percentage within the black community. Of course, there is. I'm not going to, uh, there's no way to lie about that. You can look up the statistics or whatever, whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, you know, this is on the rise in every community. What do we do about it? <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. You know, I, I think that uh, what people need to do is just to look to see how many people were raised in a single mother household as opposed to being raised with a mother and a father and just look at how those children come out and people may see to say, you know what? Okay, I would rather have this situation than that, than that situation. Also, you know, another factor is a lot of, back then, a, a lot of times women didn't work. They didn't work as much as they do now. Now they're working. So now, you know, they, they're working, they're out, they're meeting more people. Things are happening. People are having sex. People Like back then, also people, you know, let me finish that point. She's working more. You know, things, things happen sometimes. Like, you know, she, they, 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 she hooks up with somebody that she met at a business trip or, 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 or at work or something like that. And they get pregnant and they decide not to get married. Nobody's being forced to get married anymore. So if she's pregnant, then she just goes on. Is it ideal? No. Is it the best way to do it? I don't think so. No. No. I don't think it's the best way to do it. So, I mean, 
people just have this idea, like they want to romanticize those days, and that's just not the way it is. You know, so also you have a situation where uh, women who did go to like college and stuff like that, they weren't going to college for an education. A lot of a lot of women back in those days, they were going to college for a husband to meet the, the guys who are going to graduate from college who can give you a better life. And also you had uh, a, a lot of what I call Mayberry marriages. The Mayberry marriages where everybody grew up in the same town. You, you didn't have all these cultures marrying each other. I'm in a marriage right now where we just come from two different cultures. You know, my wife is from Trinidad. I'm from the United States. You know, it, it's just two different cultures. And, and a lot of it was the same, you know, because my, my, my parents, well, my mother grew up in the South, in Mississippi, in the country, and in Tennessee. And her, her family grew up in the country in, uh, in Trinidad. So, yeah, a lot of it was the same, but a lot of it was different, you know. I mean, my mother moved to New York. I'll give you just, just, just a quick example. I'm not going to get too deep into my own marriage, but I believe, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure I've been with her for a long time. If something broke in the house, you know, and where she comes from, the man fixed it. You know, and to, to, to a large extent, that's, that's the way it was in the country in the United States. But I grew up in New York. Now I just pay somebody to, to, to get it done. You know, she's looking like, no, I mean, why, why can't you just get some tools and just, hey, fix that or whatever. Man mowed the lawn. He went out there, he mowed the lawn. No, I'll pay somebody to mow the lawn. I'm not going to, I don't want to get out there when it's 90 degrees and mow the lawn. No, I don't want to do it. Yo, get, get somebody else to do it. I, I don't want to do that. You know, so, I mean, it's, it, but that's just like uh, trivial stuff. Like like trivial difference for differences, but there's a lot of differences with her coming from the Caribbean, me, me coming from the United States, and I'm not going to get into. But we don't have the Mayberry marriage. The Mayberry marriages, they all grew up in the same town. They all knew each other. This family knows about that family. They live on different sides of the county. They they grow up. They graduate from high school. Hey, that Jethro boy, you know, he's been working on his daddy's farm since he was five years old. You know. I heard he took a liking to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think I like Jethro. Hey, you know what? That boy's going to be able to give you a good life. And let's describe what a good life was back then. The good life was the basics. You had a roof. You had food. He was going to take care of the children. He was going to take care of the house. He was going to work hard. He's going to earn everything he had by, his, by the sweat of his brow. He was going to take care of you. That was the good life. Let's compare that to the good life now. Good life now is not the basics. Good life now is I have to have everything that I want. I have to have a certain amount of money in the bank. I have to be able to fly uh, private jets every now and then. You know, I mean, I have to be able to go to Gucci and and, and, and whatever uh, uh, fashion store I want to go to. I need to have all the good life is having as many tangible things as I can get my hands on. For men and women, that's the good life. It's not about just, just having the basics. Having the basics means that basically you are living a basic life. And nobody wants that anymore. Not, not here in the United States, at least. Or really around the world, because you know you have all, all these other places. So, 
a marriage back then was just way different. And once you got into it, let's talk about that too. You didn't get divorced. Now that I don't, I don't necessarily agree with, and a lot of people don't talk about that neither. Oh, my grandparents been married for 50 years. Yeah, but you know what? She, she wasn't really happy, and he wasn't really happy. You know, you didn't get divorced under any circumstances. A lot of times, he had a whole nother family. You know what I mean? So there was out of wedlock uh, single parents back then, because if he was living with your, with your grandmother, guess what? Who was living with the woman across town? Nobody. So you had single uh, single parents too. But then again, they did say, well, 70% or 75% or whatever of, you know, black families that had children back then had them in wedlock. Guess what? That 25% was there. <laughs> now, that, that, that could have been granddad's family across town. That could have been some man who just knocked her up. And a lot of times they would move. They, they, they would um, have a child in uh, rural Mississippi or rural Tennessee or something like that. And they'll, they'll jet off to Chicago or St. Louis and just be gone. So you had those situations. But I think that what people are talking about when they're talking about things like this and this, they're just talking about how prevalent it is today and how accepted it is. And that I agree with. It should never be accepted that this is the way to do it. No, we can't do that. We can never get to the point where it's, this is just okay. No, there always needs to be pushback. Women do not allow a man access to your womb who is not willing to make you his wife. I agree with that 100%. Men do not have sex unprotected with women where she's going to be able to have a baby uh, for you and you're not willing to make that woman your wife. Don't do that. You know, I mean, you have people like Nick Cannon who just having babies all over the place. Because he can send a check. And like I said before, checks don't raise children. People raise children. You know, oh, well, you know, they, they live in a nice house. Remember what I said what the good life was? That's the good life for them. Meanwhile, this guy has no, well, the, the, the baby, whether it be a boy or a girl, has no guidance from, from their father whatsoever. None. That's, that's the guy who sends the checks to pay the bills. That's it. And let me just give you guys this quick story and I'll end it right here. When I was growing up, you know, especially when I was really, really young in elementary school, uh, my dad wasn't in my life as much as I would like to, like to, like, like to, like him to have been. Let me put it that way. I didn't see him as much as I would have liked to. Let me just put it that way. But my dad actually showed me what a great dad he was in a couple of instances. Now, when I got older and I was a teenager, I was able to go to his house and I'd call him and talk, talk to him like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, we got closer. But I remember one instance uh, in particular. And I was about... Well, I, actually, I was 11 because it happened because I was in the fifth grade. And I was supposed to be going to the sixth grade. And my dad, I got left back in the fifth grade. You know, I didn't I didn't pass the fifth grade the first time. And my mom called my dad. And I remember sitting on 
it wasn't the stoop. It was like this little ledge in front of the building. And I knew she had called him because he came around the corner around the school. If you, if anybody knows Edgeman Projects, you know, PS 105 was right there across the street from the first building in the project. So he, I seen him walking around. And my dad, he just came and he uh, gave me the greeting or whatever the greeting was back in the 1970s. What's happening? What's happening, son? He's like, no, no, ain't nothing. You know, he said, uh, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, he knows already. So, you know, he's going to, you know, give me a spanking or he's going to give me a whooping or whoop me up a little bit and say, yo, you, next year you're going you gonna to do right or you're going to get the same thing. That's what I'm thinking. But no, that's not what he did. My dad was a dad right there. And he he saw that this is that's not what he needs. My dad took me to the back building. The back building we had a, a park called the back park back then. And he, he talked to me for a couple of hours. Had to be. I mean, we talked for hours, and we're just talking back and forth. What happened? You know, do you think that you can improve on this and things like that? I don't remember how the conversation actually went, but my dad was a dad right there. There was no better dad in the world right there in that instance than my dad. Those are situations like that. And just just to cut the story short, I didn't have behavioral problems in school after that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I had, I had other instances of things like that, but I never got left back again. I never had problems. I went through school and everything was good. And when I graduated from college and that's all another story. But had he just came and just smacked me up and left, he could have just been like the guys who were just sending checks. And he just, they just come in, they smack you up and that's it. But no, he was a dad right then. That's what I think we need. And that's what's missing in a lot of this baby mama culture is, is the dad being a dad. You know, he just, you know, he just sent checks. It's no big deal. But meanwhile, the mom is doing all the rearing. The mom is doing all the discipline. The mom is taking them to uh, doctor's appointments. The mom, the mom does not realize just how tough this can be just because you got somebody who can send a check. No, you need somebody who's there who can be the dad dad, like my dad was in that instance, you know? And like I said, in that, in, in that moment right there, just, just because I remember how I felt talking to my dad about a situation, I, I really felt bad. And he made me feel better and just saying, look, this is what you can do in the future. This is how you're going to grow to be a man. This is a setback. But you know what? You're going to get through this and then we're going to move on. Looking back on it, I didn't notice that, that was, that's what was happening right then. But I look back on it and I know that that's what he was doing. Did he do it intentionally? I think he did. My dad's a very intelligent man. I, I think he knew what he was doing. It's like, nah, if I punch him in the face right now, if I smack him up right now, what's that going to do? Oh, my dad comes, he smacks me up, and then he leaves. Nah. He knew what I needed, and he gave it to me. A lot of times when you push the dad out of the situation, especially when you have little boys, you miss that. And, and yeah, I do think that does contribute to the, to, to the crazy wild boys out there that we see today. Whether the boy be 15 or 25, still a boy. Well, that's just on my mind. You guys let me know what you think.